Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast, where we feature unscripted interviews with graduates of the United right, States so Military Academy class of 1991. So welcome, Scott and Scott. Scott Clemenson, um, thank you so much for all your hard, hard work, your tireless commitment to our class. You, I think Sue Hennessy, Phil Byrne as well, has been also critical in our reunion planning. Um, we're all still scheduled to, um, to meet on the weekend of September 17th. And uh, it's when Army's playing UConn. And so we gotta be getting our UConn tickets here soon. If you haven't gotten them already, book your, book your um, travel, book, book your hotels um, at the Woodcliffe Lake. Um, is it Woodcliffe Lake, Hilton? Is that where it is? That, that's, so that's the only part of, on the website that's live right now is those two things, right, Scott? We still have to, haven't tightened up the agenda yet, the specifics. Correct. That's correct. Yep. The hotel, reunion hotel is a Woodcliffe, Woodcliffe Lake Hilton, the same place where we had our 25th reunion. Okay. Yeah. That was a pretty good place. Cause it, it had, um, I think it had good facilities. It was, you know, we're able to kind of spread out and meet and, um, it was, it was good and it wasn't too far from West Point too. Yeah, it was, it was kind of the best option. We looked at the Sheridan Mawa, but, uh, they weren't able to host any of our class activities. Um, uh, Friday night, so uh, mm -hmm. uh, which would have been would have been a little bit closer, but you know circumstances prevented us from have being able to host our you know dinner on uh, Friday night. So uh, we opted to go with Woodcliffe Lake Hilton, which was you know the next best option. That so we had. Di dinner on Friday night—that's the big deal, right? That's like it's a semi-formal type situation. We got a uh, dinner that's like that we're all the that's where everybody does the most of their networking and reconnecting is at that dinner, right? Yeah, yeah. It'll be right now. It's scheduled to kick off at seven o'clock uh, Friday night um, at the hotel after, you know, after a day at uh, West Point. So after a day I at what? Quick, I can give you a quick rundown, kind of general. It's not not finalized yet. That's why it hasn't been published. But hopefully, it'll get uh, finalized at some point this week, and we can get it pushed out to the class. So sure. Uh, why don't you give us like the high, high level, like going yeah. from Wednesday to Sunday, and then we could ask questions. Yeah, so Wednesday right now, there's no formal activities planned for Wednesday. On the 16th, Thursday, um, there'll be a, a, a golf outing. And then for, for, those not one, for those not participating in the golf outing, whether that happens to be spouses or just other classmates, or we're going to have a, a boat ride on the soup's boat. Uh, both of those will kick off uh, around 1230. Um, and then there'll be a, uh, like an icebreaker welcome reception at the hotel Thursday evening, you know, running from, you know, six to nine, but I know in all previous reunions, you know, we go well, well beyond nine o'clock, but, uh, that'll be the welcome reception there Thursday, Thursday evening, uh, Friday, uh, uh, we'll have a memorial service. We'll have buses from the hotel to West Point per, you know, at norm as normal. Uh, memorial service right now is scheduled at, at uh, 10 a.m. at the Fett Chapel. Uh, then uh, from there, we'll move to Eisenhower Hall for a class lunch. We're also working, there'll also be another uh, class activity uh, still being finalized. So, I'm not going to give more details at this point because I want to make sure it gets finalized before we put that out there. But there will be another class like service project. Um, and on uh, Friday. On Friday, yep, it'll, okay. it'll it'll take place uh, during and, and after lunch. 
Uh, immediately following lunch, we have the uh, senior leader briefing from USMA staff uh, and, and uh, the AOG. So that'll run typically from 1.30 to 3. Then immediately following that, uh, we'll have the class uh, business meeting. And uh, then during that time, I know we'll talk a little bit more about the class gift, but we'll also talk about the uh, dedication of our class gift uh, that'll happen during the, uh, during the business meeting as well. And then, uh, then there'll be also, so the, the buses will leave the hotel by 8.30 in the morning. Uh, you know, you can choose, classmates can choose to attend whatever events they would like to attend. Uh, and then also just walk around and tour West Point as they please. Uh, the first buses back to the hotel will be three o'clock in the afternoon with the last one leaving at 4.30 to get back in time to, um, uh, in time for the class dinner Friday evening. Um, then on Saturday morning, the weather call will be made at 6 a.m. for the uh, alumni exercises at the parade. Uh, there'll be kind of like a quick continental breakfast or grab and go breakfast at the Hilton. So you can uh, chow down either before you get on the bus or while you're on the bus ride up there. Uh, the cadet reviews is scheduled from nine to 10. And then immediately following the review, we'll have our uh, class reunion photo in the, uh, in the stands. Um, and then uh, we'll have a pregame meal in the uh, cadet mass hall. Uh, and then 12 p.m. kickoff for uh, Army beating UConn. It's an early game, right? 8, 12. Yeah, I yeah. saw that 12 p.m. So that presses everything back to early yeah. that, that morning. Yep. And then, uh, and then after, immediately following the day, we're going to have a post-game tailgate at Buffalo Soldier Field. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, shit. They, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, last time we, you know, it was the November. It was a November game right so we didn't know what the weather was like so that's why we had to post game at and i called right, we right. wasn't sure about the weather so yeah this will be back at buffalo soldiers field just like we had during when we were there for homecoming you know the first four reunions and then uh you know buses will be probably uh running uh, back to the hotel immediately follow the game and then uh probably the 630 will be the last uh last uh shuttle to the hotel so it'll give you about three hours or so at the, you know, at the post-game tailgate. And then um, right now, Sunday, we don't uh, don't have anything uh, formal planned on Sunday. Normally we'd have a uh, brunch at the cadet mess, but uh, they they stopped, USMA uh, stopped offering that to uh, reunion classes. So um, right now there's nothing, uh, nothing formal scheduled for Sunday morning, but that, that may change. So that's, uh, that's the highlight I want to, remind our classmates class gear that's that ends tonight so if you haven't ordered your class gear go out and uh order it tonight if you're hearing about this for the first time shoot me an email scotty s-c-o-t-t-y dot clemenson c-l-e-m-e-n-s-o-n at gmail.com and i'll get you the link to our class gear and to our reunion website uh also football tickets are now available for order uh, this should have been received in, a, in an email. Um, if you're not getting the emails and update your email address with AOG at the following email address, uh, it's address at wpaog.org. And then also uh, you need to be reserving your hotel room as well because we have a hotel room block out there. And then uh, once all those rooms are gone, then uh, uh, 
you'll be, uh, you know, hopefully they'll still have rooms available for for that. So I would, uh, if you know you're coming, I would go ahead and get the get your hotel uh, uh, room reserved now. And I've also been trying to post this both on our 91 webpage and then our 91 reunion webpage, even though that still has like, you know, in the description, it's for the 20th. We just, we've just left that up there and we're using it for all of our reunions and and among other things in between reunions. So, Jamie, I think that was probably the quick rundown. Let me know if there's anything I didn't cover that you think I need to hit. Well, I just put the link in the chat feed for folks who need the oh, link good. for our, um, for the for the place to go to um, to get the hotel and and Our tickets reunion, yeah, yeah that, that so that right reunion now. page is going to get populated with more live links that's going to enable us to um, to be able to see the agenda the specific agenda one question came in is that will there be will there be an ice luge for Jaeger shots at the Buffalo Shoulders Field um, tailgate okay I also take an action on that one. <laughs> and if anybody has, if anybody knows that ice sculptor from the Army Navy game that has that, and you know, please forward it, or somebody wants to donate that, you know, we'd certainly, we'd certainly uh, uh, take that. I don't think they let you have hard alcohol though. There in Boston's field, I don't think. I think you got to have like just beer, right? Just. Well, yeah, and you weren't supposed to have alcohol in your rooms either while we're cadets. Well, right? okay, that's true. We could just pack some in. I mean, I've heard rumors that that happened. Not that I know yeah, of yeah, personal yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, so, Scott, qu quick question. Walking back to the beginning on Thursday morning. So Thursday morning, is there going to be transportation to West Point for that day, for Thursday morning? No. So if you any of the outings on Thursday, that will be transportation on your own. Unless, I mean, if we get, if we get enough classmates that are going to be at the hotel early Thursday, uh, meaning that they'll, you know, be there before probably 11 a.m. in the morning. If we get enough interest, and we can probably schedule a bus to uh, to take people to and from uh, West Point. But as of now, normally there's there there really hasn't been the headcount that would justify um, reserving a bus, um, and then we'd have to also have to calculate that into the co overall cost as well. But um, if there's enough interest, and in, certainly we could uh, look at doing that, but currently there would not be bus transportation to and from the hotel for the uh, golf outing or the soups boat ride. But as I said, we can look into that. But there will be transportation back though for Thursday night, or there will not be. No, no. obviously not. No. So no. Thursday transportation on your own. You on your unless, own, correct. Unless so, maybe the thing to do because I hate to I hate to labor you with additional thing. But if there, if we see the headcount coming in, maybe we can arrange or just coordinate through Facebook, et cetera, to get some private transportation back and forth. Because yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, the golf Certainly. outing. I mean, people right. have been known on occasion Perhaps. to drink beer and play golf at the same time. It does happen, right? Yeah. So we may want to work work out some kind of a plan that way. Yeah. So. No, that that's a that's a good good suggestion. And I, in, like I said, if there's enough interest there, then you know, that's, I mean, we already have the bus company for Friday and Saturday and we can, we can see if we can't coordinate what that cost would be, uh, um, uh, on Thursday, even if it's just one way, right. If people want to drive there, you know, they can pick up their car the next day, perhaps. 
The chat feed is on fire right now. I, by the way. I was saying I can't <laughs> see the chat feed. I, I need to open up. Flasks. Steve Lettering says flasks ought to be part of the reunion gear this year. We should have flasks, like 91 flasks. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not sure if yeah. I'm going to be able to we, make we that happen given that it closes yeah. in like three hours. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe we can get some bootleg ones going. Maybe we'll know. get him a special one. You know, I speaking of which, I found an old flask, an old, old flask from um, Ed Reddington's wedding. In 1993, I put away in my like in my in my like um, trunk. Forgot all about it. It still has Irish whiskey that he gave me from like 1993. We broke it out of Chuck Pochet's retirement, and we nearly you know we needed to almost call poison control because it was uh, it, you know, all the all the metal had like leached into the uh, into the into the Irish whiskey. So um, you know, so I guess well one one or two other things. Number one. There is discussion uh, for Thursday. We have to figure out the golf and the and the soups outings and the boating and stuff. But there is discussion for Thursday of having a rematch, brigade open rematch of the F one A four basketball game that happened our first year. So that is actually unofficially being discussed to to go down in full gym alpha with our. Um, with our company logos on it. So that could happen. Uh, Mark West and I are working on trying to figure out if we have the numbers, but that's out there as a possibility. Um, that's an unofficial thing, but um, that would be something that may go down. And then another thing, Scott, I know that we're still working out the details of this, but we have renamed our gift in memory of our fallen classmate, uh, Major Bill Hecker. And there is going to be some kind of a presentation to the Army Cyber Center during that time frame for a limited number of folks, right? So it's going to be the Hecker family and maybe just like, because there's not so much room in that cyber um, Spellman Hall, I think, for, for that presentation to happen, but there will be something that goes down, I think, right? Um, yeah, you and I need to probably talk offline. Uh, I think that's going to happen now at the after the senior leader brief due to logistics associated with the Army Cyber Institute. Okay. Uh, clearances, uh, you know, right restriction of cameras you know all that all stuff though so, yeah yeah so yeah you, there was some discussion late last week on that jamie so i'll reach right. out to you and at uh, the very least our classmates should know there is a beautiful plaque yes yes like a like a, a, a something that is going to be in spellman hall forever with this gift inscribed with the memory of our classmate that will be there commemorating this gift um so yeah. and and some type of presentation with limited, limited, you know, head count for that to happen. Yeah, right. well, uh, Willie, those details are still being- All those details out. are still being worked out, right. Yeah, right. because I know Pam was on uh, vacation last week and uh, Megan Dill, Dill and Elena had reached out to me- Right. Um, during the week about, about the uh, logistics associated with that and some right. other details that I won't bore the class with now that you and right. I can talk offline, but it will be rest assured though. We'll make sure that um, our classmates in the Hecker family are there and it's, uh, you know, yeah. we'll make it happen. Dedication, will... The dedication will happen. It may not happen at the Army Cyber Institute, but right. uh, there will likely be a uh, mock-up of the plaque that will be there. So all of our classmates can see that as well as uh, and then maybe we might be able to get the Hecker family in there separately. 
Right. Uh, but anyway. Details to be determined. Yeah. But bottom, yeah. The high level is this has been named in his honor. This, this, I'm right. going to use my, my, my SAT word, you know, the spelling bee that just came out and, and this national sort of all this talk. But the word that I want to bring out is the word prescient. Prescient means like foresight, having foresight. It was a prescient decision by our class committee uh, gift committee to make this gift. Because we did, we made this decision like five and a half, six years ago. And this was really not, I mean, my input was I had, I did not go this direction. I was more of a generic, like, let's just give it, let's let the soup tell us how to give the money. And there were other folks that were on the line. I remember specifically Anthony Noto was one and Eli Duran was another. I think Anthony DeToto, rest his soul, was another who said, this is what we need to do. We're the first class to have, one of the first classes to have computers. This is a critical new dimension of the modern battlefield. And this is an important gift for the future leaders of our army. And, you know, look at, at how important it is now to have infused cyber awareness into all that happens for cadets in their development. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can remember those discussions as well. And it was, it was, as you said, prescient that uh, we actually chose this gift. And, you know, we even had, you know, I think Andy Hall, I'm not sure if he was the first, if he wasn't the first director of that, he was the second director. So our, you know, even our classmate has, has ties to uh, the Army Cyber Institute. Absolutely. I'm getting, I'm, we're getting the hook here. Uh, Dan yep. Clark says reunions are easy, easy peasy. Let's jump over to Scott's hike. Yeah. Yeah. Let's end this. Let's get to the real. Scott, uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank Sue and to whoever else has helped. This is yeoman's work. What you have been, what you have been doing and it's not easy and coordinating with these folks from AOG. They're not always the most um, uh, responsive, let's say. Um, and, and so you so grateful for, for all you're doing and thank you so much. Well, I appreciate the kind of work, Jamie. And like I said, Sue's been doing a lot of the, the day-to-day work. So she deserves, you know, most of the credit. So, uh, um, yeah, it, but I enjoy doing it. So it's, it's great. It's fun. I mean, I enjoy it more than I would hiking the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. What I'm looking forward to is just reconnecting with everybody the way that we have, the way that we've been able to do through, through uh, you know, technology in the last couple of years, but just do it in, you know, real time. So it's going to be great. Um, Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Roger that. I'm out. All right. Scotty Halstead, thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, bearing with us as we droned on through that, through that stuff. But it is important for us to get it out there. And I, 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 you know, I, I feel for Scott because I know he wants to get that schedule out there, wants to have it live. And people are like, because, you know, he doesn't want to have it go out there and be wrong by like a half an hour or 45 minutes. Next thing you know, some it's like version control problems or something with the uh, schedule. Well, as I told you, I, too, is blowing up the Internet right now, hungry for information. So uh, we're excited to get the band back together in mid-September for the reunion. So I appreciate Scott and Sue's all their hard work to, to help us celebrate 30 years. Yeah. Well, at least we know the high level thing. The high level thing is people fly in Wednesday or Thursday morning. We have Thursdays, unofficial stuff. Friday is more official stuff. Saturday is, is the is the game. And the, thank God it's a I'm, I'm so happy that it's a um, tailgate and not the um, the um, right. Thayer thing. I mean, Thayer was it wasn't terrible, but it was just like a different dynamic than a, right. a tailgate, you know. So uh, that's that's great.
I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a really good time. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, well, you and I have spent a little time together over the past uh, four months talking about the reunion. So uh, it is a great time for us to grip hands and uh, rekindle some old, you know, old friendships as well as uh, see some of our Ranger buddies that we haven't seen for a while. So I'm super yeah. excited. So Scott, you have been a bit of a celebrity for our class for the last four months. We've been watching you with, with this has been fantastic. What, checking out your journey, hearing about the, uh, the, the, the various different states. And so give me the high level, and then maybe let's go into some detail of some of your observations and thoughts. And I'm watching the chat feed. People's questions can come through here, and then I can, um, I can see, uh, I could respond to those questions. Okay. So um, I was in Pennsylvania one night during a thunderstorm. I'm in a shelter. You know, when it rains, people pile into these shelters. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping in a shelter next to a guy who is trail. Everyone has trail names. His trail name is uh, almost there. And I'd never met him before. Um, and and he, he lays out for me that he did the Appalachian trail through hike the year prior, fell in love with it so much. He's doing section hike this year. So I said, okay, you know, I'm almost halfway through this thing. What was your favorite part of hiking the Appalachian trail? And uh, he didn't bat an eye. He goes, the people. And at that point, you know, my ranger buddy and I had pretty much hiked alone. We hadn't been around many people. I thought, huh, that's not how I would answer it. You know, I wouldn't say the people. Um, but I actually exchanged notes with him two days ago. He's absolutely correct. The Appalachian Trail is this amazing 2,193.1 mile footpath from, from Georgia to Maine. It, it's something I'd been wanting to do for about 40 years. Um, what I did not expect was the people. And so, I can talk a little bit about, you know, I had the opportunity to hike with 11 of our classmates, which was some of the best days I had on trail. But Jamie, every day I experience generosity, kindness that I didn't deserve, just incredible people that want to either give back to the hiker community or just be a part of it. I mean, if you have any questions about how great the United States of America are, go spend a couple of days on the Appalachian Trail because the people are amazing. And so that's sort of my overarching lesson learned of people are just amazing. And then so you, you, you digress one second. What, what sure. was, so you mentioned the trail name. So this guy's yeah. trail name was almost there. Almost. Tell, there. tell me the story, how trail names get, get assigned to a person because there's, okay. a, there's a story behind that too, right? Right. Yeah. So you, you cannot pick your own trail name. Um, some people do, and it's, it's obvious, uh, but generally the trail names have to do with, something dumb you say or do around a campfire or, you know, some weird personal habit that people are like, okay, I'm going to call you X. So for example, you know, my hiking partner, um, he hated to take pictures. And so I love to take pictures and videos. I took thousands of pictures. And so his, his, his daughter ran an Instagram page for him. So at the end of the day, he would say, airdrop all those pictures to me. And he's a guy that spent, you know, 30 years in the army, Ranger units, special operations units, spent a lot of time jumping airplane. So his his trail name, I named him Airdrop because he was too damn lazy to pull out his own phone and take pictures. I was always airdropping stuff to him and it a couple of multiple meetings. So generally someone else has to name you. Um, you know, I got my trail name from from a, a Vietnam era Marine shuttle driver in uh, in Franklin, uh, North Carolina. So we were we were coming out of Franklin, going back on the trail after uh, a refit. 
and he had a Marine hat on Marine, you know, bumper sticker on his old beat up car. So I'm, you know, thanking him for his service. And we're talking a little about that. And he goes, what do you do for a living? I said, well, I just, you know, I just retired from the army. And uh, he's like, okay, you know, how, at this point I'm starting to grow a beard, you know, hair's grown out a little bit. So I don't, you know, I don't look like an army officer. I don't think he goes, what'd you do? I said, well, I spent 30 years in the infantry. And he goes, you're a free bird now. And Leonard Skinner is like my ultimate band. Um, so if I could have named myself, I probably would have named myself Freebird, but uh, that was sort of, and this was like day eight or nine uh, on trail. And so that was sort of, and I kind of thought the trail names were sort of silly, but the, the longer you're on the trail, no one calls you by your name. Everything is your trail name. And for me, you know, hiking the AT was a retirement gift to myself. And, and I had a, I had to do some work on myself. I, I had to, you know, practice gratitude and sort of put in, put in perspective 30 years in uniform and where I never had a chance to kind of figure it all out. And so for me, it was a very free experience. So I love it. And so, you know, I'm on Instagram with a bunch of people I hiked with. They don't even know my name. They just know me as Freebird, And I, I like that. So we have, you know, Paul Miles, our classmate, also did the Appalachian Trail a couple of years ago with his wife. Yep. Uh, who is, I, she, she is, um, I believe she's of Thai descent. She's from Thailand. She, I think she's maybe the first Thai woman to do the entire thing. If I may be, I, I think I remember seeing him post that, but he just posted here. because her uh, trail name was can do, which can in, do. which in Thai means my butthole itches. <laughs> I don't know. So, not to get gross, but down south, they had this like Uncle Boudreaux's butt cream. And we used to laugh about it. Like, this is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> then you get north of Mason-Dixon lines, like, I should have bought some of that Uncle Boudreaux's butt cream because that is, uh, that's a necessity. I've seen, they have like this stuff called monkey butt up here, monkey butt. And that's the same yep. thing. Yeah. So yep. it's like good old fashioned, um, uh, that uh, powder, you know, like the, uh, you know, I forget what that powder was that we had. Talcum had powder or something. Yeah, talcum powder. Yeah, yeah gold bond. Yeah, yeah, gold bond. Yeah, gold bond. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah. Did you coordinate it all with Paul Miles prior to this? I mean, our classmate who had done it before. I did not, but I, but I read I read some of Paul's stuff, uh, you know, and, and he accurately described how hard the AT is. Um, so, there. I mean, when you ask people that have hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide Trail, you know, the Triple Crowners, most of them will tell you that the AT physically is the hardest trail because the footing is so bad. You're up and down so much. I mean, there's, I would take pictures and send it to my parents. Like, this is the AT. And they're like, that's a rock field. I said, this is the trail. Um, so Paul did a great job. I forget where I read it, but just describing physically how hard the trail is really from Eastern Pennsylvania to Maine. Yeah, fortunately, I missed. I, so, because the one day that I did with you in Pennsylvania was a was a breeze. It was a great day, and then right. you told me like, do not come next week. Like, like or come toward the end of next week because that was the right. hardest part. Yeah. So I I skipped that really bony section of uh, Pennsylvania with you. Yeah, it, it was uh, Jamie. You were like our good luck charm because you hiked with us five times. And I don't know that we ever really got rained on. It rained once. There. It rained once, but it was a light rain all day. And it was beautiful. Okay. It was a great okay. day. Yeah. Every time you came out, you brought Gatorade, you brought Trail Magic, and the weather was awesome. And yeah, so I was like, you got to keep coming. You know, you got to I, I gotta tell us. you, I, this whole trail culture thing that you talk about, I bought into that. I saw that 
And I was kind of hooked. And, and like, after you kind of moved out of range for me, like I, the first time I saw you, I had driven four and a half hours to meet you that morning. Right. And then, and then it was like, then the next week was like two and a half hours and it was like an hour and a half and it was back to two and a half hours and four hours. Like that's, that was the, and so when you moved out of range, I was like, I was like, I miss this. I want to get back out there. And when I would meet you, typically what I would do is I would, I would find an intersection north of where I knew you were going to be. And then I would hike south until I linked up with you guys. And I'd hike back up to where you, wherever I parked my car or wherever the trail intersection was to head back. And so I would end up with part of the hike on my own, right? Or I would, or I would meet you first. We would hike up north and then we'd come back and hike south back to my car. So every time I met you, however much time I did with you, I did that same amount of time by myself, except for the one time that I was with uh, our classmates, which we'll talk about that later. Sure. And um, I found this kind of serene, um, zen-like experience from that it was really it was really grounding to have that and and i was like well i think i i I think i need to keep doing this this is really a powerful experience and then also we have to talk about this whole this whole culture of um trail angels right how that so the the second or third day that i come to meet you there you are i pull in there's like a big van and there's this guy cooking food and there's like probably 25 of you guys all around there, like smoking and joking and like charging your cell phones. And so tell me about this whole, this whole uh, trail angel concept, how this works. Yeah. So, so this is uh, and I didn't understand this and, and maybe Paul, you know, I don't, I, it depends. So there's a guy named fresh grounds. That's who you're referring to. So fresh grounds, he hiked the Appalachian trail in 2012 he spent two years in the army in Germany in an artillery unit. Um, he's about our age, a couple years older. And so he hiked the trail in 2012 from 2013 to present. He goes out with the people to start early because there's not a whole lot of trail magic when you start the Appalachian trail in, in February. And he sort of finds hikers that he likes, um, that he gels with and, uh, and he feeds them. And so he fed me twice in North Carolina, uh, three or four times in Pennsylvania, and I think three times in Vermont. And he, and he has this knack, like on some of my hardest days, where days where I'm just like, I'm done. I'm going to ring the bell. I would come over a, you know, a rise or a mountain, and there's that white band covered in stickers and it's fresh grounds. And he makes the world's greatest chicken noodle soup, grilled cheese sandwiches, tacos, you name it, on and on and on. And he Breakfast does it burritos. out of good his burritos are fantastic so he won't take money from current hikers um he did very much appreciate your your donation jamie but he does it because he loves the hiking community he loves the connection with hikers and and the further north i got as the warm as the weather got warmer we're exposed to more and more trail angels providing trail magic and sometimes it's like it's a very dry year and so there's very little water in eastern pennsylvania there's a trail angel named Mun, who I'll never meet, who for the past 30 or so years puts out water because that's the best gift you can get on trail is, you know, um, like pallets of water for hikers. Uh, sometimes it's a can of Pepsi. Sometimes it's a I drank a few cold beers uh, in the morning because guys would have it and give it Why to not? you. But uh, it's just this wonderful connection between people that live near the Appalachian Trail that 
want to be a part of it. And most of them are either their former through hikers or their kids through hiked, or they had some great moment in their life on or near the trail and they just want to be a part of it. So um, it, it's a special part. I don't know that it exists on the other long trails because obviously the Appalachian Trail runs through many towns and villages where people live and can come out and just see it. But uh, it, it really you know, getting a Snickers bar and a Pepsi can take a day that is like really hard and just turn it around. And all the people want in return is for you to talk to them for a couple of minutes and tell them about your journey and tell them about yourself. And it was amazing. Like I said, every day, I didn't get trail magic every day, but every day I'd have a conversation with someone that made that day special, um, that made, you know, made me appreciate that I had the good health and the resources to hike this trail because it's just a really special community. Um, and I miss it. I summited Mount Katahdin on Tuesday and I've been thinking about the Appalachian trail a lot since then. Um, and I'm back home now in Georgia. It's so good to be back, like back with my family, but my wife knows she'll catch me kind of staring off in the distance daydreaming. She's like, you're thinking about the trail. I'm like, I am. I mean, it, it changed me. Uh, I am. They say, if you love hiking, you'll find your best self on the Appalachian Trail. And uh, I think I did. You know, I, I think I agree with that as well. I found myself, like I talked about that Zen state, like when I, that one day particularly, we, we did, um, I did eight miles up with you and eight miles back. So 16 miles in one day. Plus I ended up getting lost. So an extra two miles, it was 18 miles. That was crazy, by the way. That was, that's worth, that's worth doing a little, you know, digressing here. But right. it was because I had, um, you know, 18 miles early morning, you end up um, having to uh, use the old restroom out there out in the uh, out and out. And so I'm like paranoid of like, I want to be far enough away. There's nobody's going to walk up on me, you know. So I walk, I got off that trail and um, I, I end up doing my business and turn around and be like, I couldn't find the trail. I didn't know where the hell I was. And so I end up like just doing these concentric circles. And I, in my head, I was thinking like, like the newspaper article about, you know, the stupid guy right. out there without a compass, without any, like, you know, airborne ranger dies on the stupid Appalachian trail. Like I was in my, just back. In, so then finally I did these concentric circles. So I found the trail, but I ended up not realizing which direction I had to go. So I ended up going, just continuing to go North for another mile before I ran into some hikers. And, and I just reconfirmed this, just, you know, kind of jokingly, I, am I going to Maine or am I going to Georgia? Like, you know, you're on your way to Maine. I'm like, that's right. not the way I need to go. And so that's why I ended up going the extra, extra two miles that day. But um, it really is, it's a, it's a fantastic experience. Uh, and I'm so grateful that I got to connect with you for those couple of days. Cause I found that I reestablished my love of hiking. Yeah, it, it is. Um, so, so, you know, you know, for, for our classmates listening, Jamie, you know, you, you uh, I was a little bit, I mean, I'm a glass overflowing type of guy, you know, can find the goodness in almost everything, but as you get further North, you know, the cell phone service is terrible. So you had, you orchestrated this sort of mini reunion on the first of June to celebrate our 30th, you know, 30 years of graduation. And I'm like, Jamie, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I still have that text. I'm like, Jamie, I, it's just too hard, man. And you're like, no, we're going to do it. And so you brought together, you know, you, Christine, Mike Rooney, Milan Shatton. Um, it was awesome. And, and, and just, you were not going to give up. You're like, we're going to, you know, and, and a good part, it was an awesome part of Vermont at that time to hike, but it, it just, 
it's special. I mean, the Appalachian we had, Trail. We had a beautiful day that day. That it was at first of all, the weather was perfect, right? Right. And then we got to the we got to the section where you were going to meet us, and we there was a beautiful big map that we saw, and we right. realized we didn't need to do an up and back. We could do we could go up, stay with you a little bit longer because it was kind of like north, and then went a little bit west, and then we could shoot straight down on another trail. So we ended up doing twelve mile loop, but we ended up staying with you guys for about seven or eight miles, I think. So that was a great great day. So, so that morning, fresh grounds. Again, he loves the military. That was I, I retired from the army on one June. And so Fresh Grounds made me a steak breakfast and just this awesome meal. And then I linked up with with you, you know, Christy, Mike, and, and me, Lynn. Um, the weather was perfect. We climbed that fire tower and we just had awesome views of Vermont. Um, it was special. And, and 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 that's so, you know, you know, me, Lynn. You know, she, she's like, what have you learned about yourself? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation because that point, how do you articulate? You know, this was one June. I started February 21st. I'd, you know, I'd learned all kinds of things about myself. So, so what, not- by the way, just to digress, why, why did you start in February as opposed to starting in a more um, palatable weather time frame? Why, why February? A uh, couple of reasons. One, I want to get in front of the bubble of all the college age kids trying to find themselves and you know, smoking weed every night on the trail and just this big conga line party. I, I want to get in front of that Two, you know, the country was sort of an, we didn't really know where we were in terms of COVID in February. I was already, you know, I'd been vaccinated, but I, you know, most people at that point had not been. And quite frankly, I just, I want to get out there. I, you know, I had, um, I had a ton of accrued leave to take for terminal leave and I just want to use it to hike the trail. And so, um, February just made sense. I, you know, I, I, I want to get in front. I didn't want to be one of the guys learning about the trail from other hikers. I want to get out there and just kind of cut my teeth on it. So um, my ranger buddy, his mom passed away a week before we started hiking. And so we delayed it a little bit um, for, so he could bury his mom and, and, and take care of some family matters. But uh, February 21st, just a good time to do it. And uh, what's neat is I summited Katahdin on July 6th with three other people to start at the same time. And, and we, we didn't know each other and we bumped into each other. One guy I met in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. And then again in Massachusetts, and the other guy I linked up with in Massachusetts and hiked with most of the rest of the time. Um, so it was just, it was a good group. It was, if I was going to go back and do it again, I would start early and get in front of the bubble because it, you know, I, I stayed in my tent most nights, but if it was raining hard, I want to stay in a shelter. There's only a couple freezing, of that freezing, that freezing cold rain, like four days in. I remember, I remember tracking you and seeing yeah. freezing rain in North Carolina, I think is where you had like uh, icicles and, on your tent and stuff. Right. Yeah. I have a short memory, but yeah. I, I reread my journal. I kept a journal every day. I reread it. Uh, I almost went hypothermic three times. And the first time was like day three in North Carolina. And we just moved all day into the night. Till, that was the first night we slept in the shelter. Um, but yeah, it was, there were some cold nights. I mean, I, I lo- I've lost 10 stakes that were frozen in the ground. I couldn't get out. Um, I, you know, I'm, I had really good equipment, but I, you know, I couldn't find the right pair of gloves to keep my hands warm. So yeah, it was, that's the cost of you start early, you're going to freeze. But, uh, but I, you know, I had the trail to myself to, to think and practice gratitude and, and pray. And, and all I had, I was very focused. Whereas if I was start a month later, 
I'm bumping to people the whole time and, and having a hard time finding that solitude. When you, when you said you kept the journal, did you like physically write in a journal or were you like dictating into your phone or what was the technique that you used? I used my notes page on my phone. Uh -huh. um, so I, I mean, I, I tried to go as ultra light as possible. So I wasn't going to carry pen and paper. I, I mean, so I just used my phone. Um, and, and, and then I pulled charged up. Did, did you have a solar connection for your phone or how'd you keep your battery charged? I bought a uh, 20,000 uh, millihertz anchor battery, uh, which lasted at least four or five days. And so I generally carried four days of food. Uh, at first, I went seven days without a refit. Um, and then I realized I don't need to go. I don't. It was ranger school. I'm like, we don't need to do this again. So then we would go about four days, carry four days of food, a little bit lighter ruck, and then go into a town to, to Dollar General or a gas station or a Walmart refit. Um, but yeah, the, the battery lasted all that time. And I listened to music about 75% of the time I would listen to music and just, that was my thing. Um, and then where I had coverage, I'd, you know, I'd FaceTime with, with my wife, Missy and my parents at night, if I could. Um, but yeah, the, the, the battery was a must. It was heavy. It was a luxury item, but I, I liked the music and I like having, you know, a little bit of connection with my family. I got to get, I got to get details from you on this before I go to Philmont. I'm going to Philmont in a couple of weeks with my okay. son and I want to be able yeah. to maintain my, um, my cell phone, at least for taking pictures. I may not get connection with the, but I want to be able to have good pictures while I'm out there with him, which right. I didn't do the first, my, my older son, I went to Philmont with him eight years ago. And so it'd be interesting to go back there with my younger son, who's just graduated from high school and finished Boy Scouts. He's, so we're going to have a good time doing that. I can't wait to get out there with him. Yeah. I, I went through Philmont in 1984 and uh, I mean, I still, those, again, that, I think, you know, I grew up, my dad really introduced me to, to camping and backpacking. We used to do 50 miles. I lived in Germany as a kid and we do 50 mile hikes, you know, 10 miles per day or five days. And, you know, my dad carried all the heavy stuff and, you know, just kind of drug me along. But um, Philmont is what really solidified my love for backpacking. And, mm -hmm. uh, I've, you know, I did as much of it as I could around the army, but now that I'm retired, um, I'll be doing more. And you're hooked, right? Like you said, like, I heard you like you with this kind of, um, real, um, uh, the, this real kind of aspiration. I think you, you talk about the triple crown, right? Being able to do all three trails. Yeah. So I'm afraid my wife is probably upstairs listening to this. Um, so it depends on what life. You had your whole life to do this, right? So you got like, you know, I do, another, but, but another 60 years, let's say. Well, but I, I, so I'm a very impatient person. So the trail taught me some patience uh, a little bit. Um, By the I, way, she just threw a shoe at you from the other room there, right? I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I, I would, again, depends on what job I do next. Um, yeah. But, but I am, I love hiking. I love the community. And, I, you know, it's, you know, and so let me just talk a little bit about what, what, you know, me, Lynn asked me a hard question. Yeah. So I thought a lot. So, June 1st. Yeah, on June 1st. So she asked me, what have you learned about yourself? And she asked my, you know, my, my hiking partner, Jeremy, and he, you know, he provided a response and I sort of, you know, faded out. I want, I didn't want to answer the question because it, you know, the hike was very personal to me, but you know, when your classmates ask you a direct question, you give them the best answer you could. And so um, what I, what I, and it gives you some background as to why I did this hike. Um, 
and there's some people on that, that will understand this because I served overseas with them. You know, from, at, at the macro level, it was how wonderful people are. You know, just the, the just human kindness, generosity. I didn't expect it, but I found it almost every day. And it just re restored my faith in, in American people. Um, and so that was huge for me. Um, I had a lot of time. I could get up in the morning and say, today I want to think about X. And so for me, it gave me an opportunity to really think about, you know, my family and, and, and how much my wife of 26 years means to me, how much my daughters mean to me, how much my parents mean to me. And so that was without the distractions, the frenetic activity of the army, I got to think about how much I love my family um, and how much I appreciate them and, and how much I need to do a better job as a, as a husband, as a father, as a son. Um, but, but the reason I started hiking, Jamie, other than I love the, I love the outdoors is um, I, I carried a tremendous amount of guilt with me from things I did in, a, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And so the first through hiker um, was a World War II veteran who, who said he used the Appalachian Trail to walk away from the war. And, and, and veterans have been doing that ever since. I read a tremendous book by Cindy Ross uh, that talked about that, that, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that so many veterans feel like they need 2000 miles to forgive themselves and to find happiness. Um, it took me till about New Jersey to forgive myself for, for things I've been a part of in the past. And that's, that's behind me now. I mean, that, I mean, I, and that, that was an obstacle for some of the important relationships in my life. Um, the moral injury that I had carried with me for all these years it's on the trail now. That's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not part of who I am anymore. So that is probably the biggest blessing of hiking the Appalachian Trail is I, I've forgiven myself and I'm a man of faith and I, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work, um, you know, through the church trying to reconcile things I did. It's behind me now. And, and so that's one of the huge blessings of the Appalachian Trail. So the, the, the genuine, the humanity and kindness of people, my love for my family, and the forgiveness for things I've, I've done was a huge part of hiking the trail. And, and, and the last one is why I hiked. Um, I wanted to, 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 to walk away a better person. The other two were just, you know, I didn't expect them. They were awesome. And like I said, we had 11 classmates, you know, hike with me. And those were some of my favorite days on the trail. So Craig Whiteside, um, who was a groom's my wedding, who, you know, he and I grew up in the army together, did, you know, most of our schools together. You know, Craig, I don't know how many people here know Craig. Craig, I want to be Craig Whiteside when I grow up. I mean, the guy is an incredible soldier and scholar. He's a, he's Dr. Whiteside, Naval Postgraduate or Naval War College at Monterey. And so we spent a week together just talking about, you know, our lives. And just, it was, it was amazing. I mean, it was maybe my favorite part of the trail was those six days with Craig. Just listen to his story, um, who he is as a as a as a husband, as a father, and as a as an academic. Because I know what kind of soldier he was. He's amazing. Um, but that, you know, I you know, I walked first was well, first was John Hurst, um, who we went to rival high schools in Virginia, and just it was awesome. And then it was Craig Whiteside, uh, and then Jamie, you linked up with us in West Virginia and in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, and Vermont. Uh, we hiked together five times. Uh, we got into uh, central Pennsylvania 
and hiked with Kenny Mintz and Chris Hart, two of my best friends. Um, and it was just, you know, Chris is retired now. Kenny just retired on uh, the 25th of June. So it was just neat to, to reconnect with our classmates and, and sort of, you know, how you doing? Where, where are you in life? Um, that was invaluable to me because I was out there. I wasn't alone, but I was I needed that sort of uh, camaraderie with our classmates. And then uh, in New York, um, Chris Hartley hiked with us across Bear Mountain Bridge. Um, in Vermont, it was. That, by the way, I, to digress for one second, that, by the yeah. way, for me, was the hardest physical day uh, that we did. Um, well, it was the hottest day in New York to that to that point. It was, it was like 94 degrees. It was, it was hot as hell. But the other part of it is that you had a retired DPE instructor coming, right? Yep. You guys had just spent, like, I think two days, like, refitting in Bear Mountain. So you're all, like, you know, ready to go. And one day. In one fact, day. it was about 12 hours. All right. Well, and then you had your soda. Yeah, you were <laughs> drinking your Fantas. And you had, like, 10 ice creams or whatever. And so um, we got across that Bear Mountain Bridge. And it was straight up, straight up. When we got, we got, cross the bridge, go up the highway, it was straight up, right? So we have a DPE yeah. guy, two, you know, recently retired, very fit, like, you know, three months on the trail, Airborne Rangers, and my fat ass trying to keep up with you guys. That was a tough. You were in day. front of us, though, Jamie. You, you hit it well because you, well, you guys Well, you guys put me in front so that you could push me, I think is what it was. <laughs> that was a, that was a tough ass day. I remember that was, that was not. That, but it was it was good it was a good good and i also recall yeah. those damn mountains at west point they've gotten a lot higher since we were cadets They're, another all, glacier has come through there and torn it up I, a little bit I, I have to believe that i have to believe that because they uh, i don't recall them being that freaking high when i was a cadet yeah. So, yeah. So, so i mean chuck freeton i mean so my wife had a medical issue we were in new jersey and chuck was hiking with us and uh i said chuck can you take me to newark airport i gotta fly home to georgia and without batting an eye, Chuck is like, let's do it. And so Chuck drove me. I mean, the plan was to hike for a few days. Uh, he had taken off time from work. I mean, he had rearranged his thing, but that's what classmates mean. He took me to the airport, you know, got me home, take care of my wife, um, and then met us again and, and hiked with us in Connecticut and, and Massachusetts. And so, I mean, just awesome. And Chuck is one of my oldest friends. I mean, just, you know, Chuck took care of us. You know, he went to ranger school as a cadet. So when I was going through ranger school, he was taking care of us on our cycle breaks. I mean, he's the ultimate trail angel. I mean, Chuck's been doing this long before it was like popular. Um, my my trail, then, my trail angel at at the ranger school was Lovejoy. He picked yeah. us up. Chris Lovejoy. Yep. He picked us up with uh, just like I think he had like five packages of Chips Ahoy cookies and nut yep. butters. Oh my god, that was so yep. great. I'm sorry. And, no, and, and, and then before I linked up with you and uh, Christy and Mike Rooney and, and me, Lynn, Ralph Paredes came out. You know, Ralph is godfather, my oldest daughter, grooms my wedding. Um, I mean, so it was the trail brought all these people together. You know, I mean, I didn't expect that. This is the great, for me, the great unexpected joy of hiking the Appalachian Trail is all these people that I love, all these people that mean so much to me. And I don't even mention all the guys from the 82nd because I had a ton of 82nd veterans, you know, hike with me as well. Um, but the trail brought us to, it was the connective tissue that brought us together. And it was, these were the, the best moments, 131 days on the trail. Those were the best moments of, of seeing old friends and reconnecting with people. Um, it was inspiring to me. I mean, there, there were times, I mean, I, I hit it well, but there were times where I was just, I was exhausted. 
But if I knew I was going to see a classmate, if I knew I was going to see another paratrooper, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, <laughs> today's going to be okay. And it was just, I am forever in debt to the, you know, the 15 or 16 people that, that hiked with me at some point on the Appalachian Trail, because those were the best, the best of many, many great days. It is a great way to connect with people. I mean, I, I have to say too, I, I really was regretting missing Holly West's uh, retirement the next day. We did a okay. we did a hike as a, like the her, the attendees at her retirement. There was probably about twelve or fifteen folks who did this trail, the Fallen, where they they bring they bring rocks up there and yeah. they they recognize. And it's up by West Point, and I still have not done it. And but that's a great way to connect with people. I mean, aside from like reunions and meeting in a bar and having a coffee, like going doing something that's not like terribly physically exerting like you kind of you kind of level set all hikers can kind of hike at about the same speed you know whatever it's a great way to connect with people i found i find myself i mean you and i were in the same battalion we knew each other at west point sort of we weren't like really close now i feel like a, a much closer relationship with you than i did before because we did five days on the trail together so so, so let me tell a quick story about chuck Freed. so and I don't, this was either connecticut or massachusetts i forget neither one of those states are really overly friendly to through hikers on the Appalachian Trail. They're just not, it's not a big deal there. Other states, it's huge, but Connecticut, Massachusetts, not as much. And, and you can't stealth camp. You can't just, you know, put your, put your tent up in the woods. It's not designed to do that. Whereas most states, it's pretty easy. So we, we, you know, Chuck was with us. We find this little town and there's two little hostels there. And so we call this, this woman named Maria. Um, and I called her and she sounds really old you know her there's a app for hikers and her name is there so she gives directions to her house and we walk there she's 91 years old she grew up in italy she married a, a world war ii gi and, and sort of had this incredible life and so we go to her house she puts us up in, in her spare bedrooms and while you know my buddy jeremy and i are, are, are talking to our families chuck is downstairs like getting to know this woman maria and so when we come down to have pizza at her at her kitchen table Chuck knows her whole story. She knows his whole story. It was just, it was amazing. You know, it just, and Chuck's just an out, outgoing guy. It was just awesome. I wouldn't have done that. I, at that point, I just want to take a shower and talk to my family. Chuck's down there, you know, just, you know, getting to know the community and like, it was awesome. And it was just, it was, you know, how a 91 year old lady that opens her, her house up to three smelly hikers. And Chuck is the guy that just sort of, you know, paved the way for us. That just, it was awesome. It just, it was so cool. And then I could story after story like that, where it just, people are just so kind. Back in the day, that would have been Chuck talking you guys into a dorm room of some, some lady at, at a college or something. That's probably what it would have been, you know? Well, that, I knew Chuck pretty well as a cadet too. Yeah. He's, uh, we've all grown up a little bit. That same, that same, that same skill set had a different application at a different time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's uh that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, so like what you, you, you had different flavors of different States, right? Like, give me some more snapshots. There's that, what about that roller coaster play? Isn't there something called the roller coaster in West Virginia? That's like up and down, it, up and down. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's sort of the boundary between Virginia, West Virginia. Um, it's like 13 or 14 miles long. It, it's, it's not physically hard, but the footing is, it, it was like really the first time I remember the footing was so bad, you know, mentally at the end of the day of hiking, mentally you're smoked. And, and, and it's, you know, it, I thought mentally it was much tougher than the physical aspects of the hike. Cause you had to watch every foot placement where you put your poles, 
the roller coaster was the first place where you just you couldn't just turn your brain off. You had to think your way through this very complex terrain. Um, it was fun. I mean, it was you know it you know the, the, and each state kind of hypes up their own thing, um, but it it was a good time. My favorite state by far was Maine, and so you know we were doing twenty to twenty two miles a day from Georgia through Vermont. And then we get in New Hampshire and the, and, and the White Mountains. And we've been told you're going to slow down. But I was like, nah, at this point, we got our trail legs. We're going to crush the state of New Hampshire. And I got my feelings hurt. I mean, it was, we were doing 12 to maybe 15 miles a day. And we were hiking from sunup to sundown. It was just, the climbs yeah, What's your typical bad. day like? So you, like, you wake up with time and you finish hiking with time. Okay. How does it work? So, so, so I normally wake up with the sunrise. I mean, I, I, I generally didn't set an alarm. And so here recently in New England, the sun's rising at like 4.15 in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. So as, as, as we moved into spring and summer, I would get up earlier and obviously have more time in the day to hike before the sun goes down. So I'll, just, I'll use New Hampshire and Vermont because that's the most recent. Get up at between 4.15 and 4.30. We always, had, we always hung a bear bag, uh, even though the bear threat is not as great up in New England. We just could have it. So my, my, you know, I, we each had camp chores, my buddy and I. I'd always tear down the, the bear bag, bring his, and, and you got all your food, your toothpaste, your foot powder, anything that has smell goes in there. Um, and then normally I'd climb back in my tent, climb back under my quilt and make a cup of coffee, you know, from the confines of my tent, uh, eat breakfast in there. So get up at 4.15. Um, and then I try, we were trying to start hiking by about 5.30 because uh, we were doing especially as we got into Maine, we were doing big miles again, and we needed every every bit of daylight to do it. Um, so try to start hiking by about 5.30 in the morning, six at the latest. Um, we'd stop every two hours and we'd get, we'd, you know, we'd, we'd eat something, you know, you had to filter all your water. That took a long time um, to just to filter the water to keep you from getting sick. We'd stop for lunch somewhere, you know, anywhere from 11.30 in the morning to one in the afternoon and, and, and just eat a whole bunch of calories and then you know I, I like to set up my camp while the sun was still up but you know we were you know we're two old guys and so we'd say today we're gonna we're gonna hike to this point and if that meant we had to go under headlamps at night um and set up our camp at night under in, under you know in the dark we'd do that but uh generally it was 5 30 in the morning till about seven o'clock at night um hiking which was awesome you know and i you know I wanted to hike every day. There was never a day where I was, I was too sore or too tired or unmotivated. I wanted to hike every day because I knew I was going to see incredible things. I was going to meet new people. And at the end, the southbound hikers were coming, you know, you know, other opposite directions. So we had a chance to talk to them and they're super excited. They've done hundred miles. You've done 2,100 miles. And it's just this, this neat sort of, you know, get to share ideas and help them and try to encourage them. And they were so positive. It was like, they have all this energy, whereas you're just strung out. You just want to finish and, uh, and get it done. It's probably a little bit daunting for them seeing like these old grizzly, these grizzly beat up hikers like, Oh, that's going to be us. in like, you know, a couple. Well, so I, you know, I didn't shave, you know, I'd never had facial hair before. You know, I didn't shave from Georgia through, I wanted Craig Whiteside to see me because Craig can grow a beard like overnight. And so I didn't shave until Craig linked up with us uh, in late March. 
And then, uh, and Craig was like the worst influence. He's like, dude, you look so good. I mean, you, you like have like a Tom Selleck mustache. You got to keep that thing going. So I shaved my little soul patch, my beard, but I wanted Ralph to see my, my mustache. Ralph was more honest. He's like, dude, you look ridiculous. And so I shaved it. I shaved it after Ralph, uh, you know, harassed me. Um, and then I shaved every time I went into town, I'd try to shave. And then we got to Maine and it was just like, we said, we're not going to shave in Maine because people would look at us and they wouldn't realize we're through hikers. Cause we, you know, we had fairly short hair and we're fairly clean shaven. So we didn't shave in Maine and I looked like a feral dog and this thing was awful. So as I'm going North and these Sobo hikers are, are going the other direction. Sobo stands for Southbound. Nobo Southbound, Southbound, yeah. We were Nobo. They were Sobo. Um, there were a couple guys that like, you look terrible. I mean, I, you know, this, like I had like a reddish mustache grayish beard it was i mean i looked terrible and and the people young people were like is this what it's going to take to do the to the appalachian trail because if i have to look as bad as you I'm, I'm i'm pulling my reserve i'm not doing this i said no we're just you know we're a little bit older than than most um i was the 67th person to summit katahdin this year i'm almost positive i was the oldest um because i knew most of the hikers in front of me especially because i took a week off to come back to georgia and and take care of my wife. Um, but yeah, it, it just beats you up. I, you know, I lost a ton of weight out there. I just, How, you know, it, Alex Rogers just joined wants to know what's the, what's the tally? How much did you lose? I lost 28 pounds, 28 pounds. Yeah. Was that so more I, I, or I, less than beast or ranger school? Was that the most? I lost. So I went, I started the hike at 188, which is sort of my ideal army weight. And when I, I, I weighed myself the night I finished and I weighed 160, um, I started ranger school at 172. You know, we had four phases we went through um, and they pulled us out of the field of mountains to, to go through the airborne timeline, jump back in. I started ranger school at 172 and I weighed 139. Uh, ranger class 292. We weren't messing around. Wow. Um, and you had, you had a break too, right? We did. We did, which was, uh, we did three phases, Christmas break, then we did Florida. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I feel great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm as, I'm, I, you know, if I, I could go put my Jim Alpha shirt on right now, maybe loose. Um, so I, in fact, I wanted to summit Katahdin in my Jim Alpha shirt, but I forgot to ask my wife in time. Cause I thought that'd be kind of cool. You know, it's got all the holes in it from the pitchforks and everything else. Um, and I've worn it a couple of times. I mean, I try to stay in shape. But uh, I thought it'd be cool to be on top of the sign. That's a great picture of you holding your holding your hiking. It almost looks like you're holding a, an axe, like the so way this the handle comes down. You know? Yeah. So you know, I hiked with two poles. I summited on on July sixth. On July fourth, I was crossing a stream, and I fell hard, and I snapped my my left trekking pole. I, I shattered it. Um, I mean, like, so I'm I'm in a waist deep stream, like hyperventilating, like. I could, that could have been in my hike. So I had to learn to hike with one pole the last two days. So that's why I'm only holding one up. Cause the other one, you know, like a truck drove by in the hundred mile wilderness. I'm like, I just throw this on your truck. I, he's like, sure. I'll throw it away for you. Um, but yeah, it was, Jamie, it was awesome. I, I hope, and I hope that's what people take away from this is one. It was just so great seeing our classmates and connecting with them, but the Appalachian trail, it's out there. It's doable. And, uh, and if you, I mean, all of us are probably, you know, you and I talked about this, you know, whether, you know, as a parent, as a husband or a wife or, you know, whatever, 
all of us are in sort of, you know, man, life can be hard. Go out and hike the trail and, and things kind of fall in place. At least they did for me. Well, I'll tell, I mean, this is one of the things too, one of the byproducts, I think, of the old grab podcast and, and Facebook and trying to reconnect more before our reunion is that there's a lot more of this connection that's happening. And I have to give a tip of the hat here to um, Tracy Fisher, who has led this Healthy Leaders cohort, right. which is like, we've got like, I don't know, 25, 30 classmates that meet occasionally, probably once a month with a Zoom call. And it's been really powerful to connect with people and share like the exact same things that are going on, like transition, you know, like within jobs, um, aging parents, challenging teenage kids, um, relationships with spouses. I mean, we're all in the same, in the same phase of life. We've got these parallel journeys that we've been on for the last 30 years. Uh, We have this shared burden, this tough experience that we've all had that enables us to have kind of a level of intimacy um, that is just, it's, it's great to have. And we're so blessed with that, you know? Um, So you're speaking of that, a conversation you and I had on the, on the trail, I I like to delve into a little bit further because this goes back to your previous um, comment about forgiveness and forgiving yourself and, thinking about some of the challenging circumstances you've been through in the past and many of our classmates as well, who are retiring today. Um, you and I were, we, we were remarking and I said, I have noticed that with, with our class, with our, with our groups, you know, there, and, and this actually also ties in interestingly to Holly West's retirement speech. Holly did an awesome, she had an awesome retirement. It was a great, great event. And she talked about these tribes that she's been part of. You know, there's the women's soccer team, which is a tribe. There's a West Point community, which is a tribe. There's, there's female army officers. There's army wives. There's like all of these experiences, all of these kind of shared experiences that you have this connectivity. We like West, our class is a tribe. Our companies are tribes. And the more, the longer the experience, the tighter the relationship. The bigger the suck, the harder the shared burden, it's even hard. It's even a closer knit community, I think, a closer knit experience. So like when you talked about, you know, being on the trail with Kenny Mintz and, and, and Chris Hart and um, Craig Whiteside, and, you know, I knew that these are experiences that you have with them, shared experiences in combat, shared experiences in the, in the, the uh, cauldron of, life and death decision-making life and death itself. And that is a, that is an experience that I don't have. And that is an experience that I just respect. I I sit back as, as a spectator with nothing but the utmost respect. And um, I try to have empathy, I suppose, like your idea of saying that you need to forgive yourself is something that I feel badly that you feel that way. Like I, I, I want to support you that way. Like I, um, I, so I, I I imagine that in, you know, the shared journey that you had with with Jeremy, your Ranger buddy, you know, enabled you to kind of put some of this stuff in perspective. And, um, as I think about our upcoming reunion, I think about the support we can provide for our classmates and for you and our retiring, our retiring classmates who have spent so much time, you know, downrange protecting the interests of our, of our country. I just, um, I have 
I personally have gratitude. I personally have a feeling of um, tremendous respect uh, for all that all that has gone on with our class and with our the leaders of uh, of our army that are retiring now. So anyway, that's just a thought that I had. Now, Jamie, I appreciate. It. I, I'm, uh, you know, we we talked about this the the first time you and I did a podcast together in November of of nineteen. Uh, you know, my closest friends of our classmates were not in Company E one with me, although, you know, very close to DA Sims. You know, who who DA was great. So DA would text me sort of throughout this thing, like, "Hey, Halstead, what are you doing?" You know, because I don't think DA is on Facebook. He's not on social media, but we By talk. The way, he listens up. to this podcast. He listens to. He this. does. I, I get emails from him, but and the other one too, Joe Ryan, Joe yeah. Ryan, um, who you know, I think I think these guys are general officers. They're pretty much off the grid on Facebook, but they listen in on Apple Podcast, right. and they they they, they are connected to this. Yeah. So, so so you know, DA was my roommate year and year. Bobby Seymour was my roommate plebe year. You know, and so what was neat, especially Bobby, you know, Bob, of all the people that I was, you know, our classmates, Chuck Frieden and Bobby Seymour just had this sort of, whether it was a text or they would send me a note over my Garmin GPS, like, what are you doing today, man? What's going on? And it was always like, I was so excited to hear from someone that I had this long serving relationship with this long serving love and respect for, um, cause it helped me kind of through some of the hard times, but yeah, it, it, you know, I spent the night, you know, Kenny Mintz, I, I stayed, you know, with him when I went through Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, he, Chris Hart and I went out and, you know, had a few beers and just sort of caught up. And, and it was, it was therapeutic for me. I mean, I felt selfish because I would, I had all these classmates that would kind of, you know, parachute into my life for, you know, six days to, you know, several hours. And I was able to sort of, you know, absorb their unyielding optimism, listen to their story. And it, and it helped me. Um, you know, I talked, I had a long talk with Mark Beager yesterday. I mean, and I've said it before, I, Mark's the best of our class. I mean, I, there's no one I respect more than Mark Beager and, and that's, you know, service with him and, you know, Conish units and then uh, in Iraq and just listening to Mark was just so, first of all, I was sound asleep when he called. He didn't know that. I don't think I was racked out. And if it, it didn't say Mark Beer or my cell phone, I wouldn't have picked up, but it was like Mark. And so, you know, we talked for a, a while. It was just, you know, at, that's what our classmates mean to me. And so all these things we've been through from, you know, July 1st, 1987 to present day, they matter. And I, and I, and I like the fact you put it best, Jamie, you know, we, you know, my, my dad has Alzheimer's, my mom has severe orthopedic issues and, you know, she's had multiple heart surgeries. And so, we now are becoming the parents to our parents. We're still the parents to our children. I mean, there's, we're this weird place where there's a lot in our rucksacks, a lot of stress in our lives. And I couldn't do it without my wife and without my classmates. I mean, th those are the, you know, that has never changed for me. If I'm, if I have great news I want to share with someone, other than talking to my wife, I'm picking the phone. I'm going to call Ralph Bredis and I'm going to talk to Ralph and, you know, or Brent Parmeter or Mark Beeger and go, Hey, I, I need help with this. The same thing. If I'm struggling with something like that, I'm going to call, you know, one of our classmates. And so I like the fact that we get older and, you know, we're people are on second and third careers, you know, people are, you know, we're no one care. I mean, you know, I've worked for Johnny Richardson and Dave Hodney. 
two incredible Americans that happen to be general officers. Um, and I was, you know, I was not on a first name basis with either one of them when they were my boss, but it was so cool to learn from them and, and work for them. But now that we're all retired, most of us, um, it's sort of like we go back to being cadets and you have all the dirt on these guys and you can sort <laughs> of, you just, you know, enjoy these lifelong friendships that have sustained and inspired us, you know, for 34 years. You, the first day that I hiked with you in West Virginia, you had one of your father's classmates hiked with us too. Um, yeah. what the guy's name was um, Rick Rhodes. Yeah. And by, by the way, that dude was like, I mean, how old is he? He's climbing up and down these hills. Like, like they're nothing. Like he, he was a, 74 he's in, 75 he's in great shape yeah he told me he golfs every day so he was he was you know he met us like up and like up on one of the mountaintops or whatever he yeah. he hiked with us I mean, he did like well i don't know two or three miles with us but um i got a chance when you guys were going into the hardware store to refit it was just he and i talking we we're just like you know chatting back and forth and he's like oh you're coming up on your 30-year reunion huh i said yeah it's coming up this year and he goes i remember that was one of the best ones he said right and it's, it goes from that point forward it really doesn't matter who you are. Right. And, he, and he, his story was he retired. I think he did like 20, 29 years and retired as an infantry colonel or something. Colonel, and yeah. He became a cattle farmer and yeah. he spent like 20 years, like owning a bunch of cattle. And, and he was like, we'd be sitting there like shooting the shit there. We, we'd have a three-star general, you know, a captain of industry and a cattle farmer. And we'd all be smoking and joking. Like we were right. back in the day. And it right. doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter that, like, we have this amazing shared experience that is so powerful that bonds us all together. That it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. You know, I, when I used to, when I, when, you know, I served at West Point for five years, I used to go out and speak on the Founders Day circuit. And I would remind the alumni, the true gift of West Point is your classmates. And we talk about all the great programs we have. They're all fantastic. But what no one really talks about as much is this, this community of trust you build, you should build when you're a cadet. And if you do it well, you know, F1, you guys are incredibly tight. I mean, you vacation together. You, I mean, you know, I mean, just it's fun. You know, F, you know, F1, um, C2 is the same way. Um, it just it's fun to watch people that love each other like, hey, we're going to we're going to be part of each other's lives for the rest of our lives. You can't get rid of me. You're stuck with me because we did all these things together and, and, and we'll always be there for each other. And so that's, that's why I'm so excited that this reunion is going to happen at West Point. We're going to be together here in a couple months. Cause I just, I can't wait to see everybody. It's just, it'll be sensory overload. It'll be like, you know, my wife and I were talking today, do we drive, do we fly? How much time can we spend up there? Cause you know, you know, I don't have a job right now. I got all kinds of time, but she's working. And so we got to figure that out, but yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to this year. It's going to be amazing. It's funny talking about F1. We were, I'm looking at, we were just flipping pictures back and forth on our WhatsApp chat today. I found an uh, old picture from Scotty B's wedding. It's embarrassing how hammered I was at that wedding because I I look I look like I'm being like held up by 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 the you know everybody's holding me up because in this picture because I was that hammered. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna find it right here because I because it's literally like right in my inbox because I we're talking about that. I can share it just for the. Uh, yeah. See. Yeah. So, so Rich, me, and my roommate and I too was my best man. Um, Ralph Paredes, Craig Whiteside, Warren Cox were groomsmen, and I'm not going to mention any names, uh, but I had some groomsmen and some of their wives. Wow. 
Hold on. Can, <laughs> I, I don't know how well you can see that. Can you see that? Is oh, it, I can see it fine. Really? So look at you that. You look like you're feeling no pain look there, James. Look how hammered I am in this picture right here. So Scott, <laughs> <laughs> Karen looks like she, so this is Scotty B's wife, Karen. And she looks like she's like traumatized by like, and we're yeah, like, what have I signed up for? Oh my, you know, the brochure has lied yeah. about these guys. Look at these, look at these, look at these yahoos. So it was, yeah, because that was so funny. We're just going back and forth with it today on the, on the WhatsApp chat. So you're so right. I, though. I, it, it's a, it's a great bunch, you know, it was so, so fortunate to have that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got, uh, so we have a classmate that's five foot two that might have been in company C4, um, where he and I as lieutenants and captains would would have a good time at a bar in Columbus, Georgia. And we would run back to my apartment, losing our clothes along the way. And we'd sit out in his Jeep, bare ass naked, listening to country music, watching like the moon. I'm like, who does that? You know, it's just well, Ralph Predis and I do. I mean, it's just, you know, that's. That's normal behavior. And I'm not the only person that Ralph has gotten naked with uh, in a completely normal way over the years. It's just, yeah, that's, that's what being a classmate's all about. You got a whole company of people. That was their motto. Go naked. It was E4, right? Go naked. Yeah. Yep. Those guys are the whole. And some of those guys are general officers now. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, what's crazy. So of the, of the, like there was about, I don't know, eight or so people that were involved in that heist of the, uh, of the goat. Three of them are general officers. You got um, Johnny Braga. Johnny Vegas is a, is a, just got promoted. He's about to get his third star in yep. August 12th. Yep. Uh, you got Major General um, uh, Jones, class of 92, and Jim Eisenhower, class of 92. Those, those guys were involved in the heist, you know, and yeah. in addition to Ted Russ and Bomb Camp and uh, all the other E4 uh, celebrities that were involved in that. Speaking of which, so I, so, I am going to, I, I want to talk a little bit about Ogre Podcast because I have, I have a future episode that's going to come up at some point, I hope before our reunion. I'm going to have Doug McCormick on. General Bramlett has agreed to come on this as well. And so I am so looking forward to asking General Bramlett about what it was like when that goat, when that goat got stolen because I know he's still pissed off about it like years later. So I'm looking forward to that. So I, I will definitely listen to that podcast. So I was, I was stationed out in Hawaii and I'm at an Army Hawaii football tailgate, and uh, I'm feeling no pain. And I'm talking to Mrs. Bramley, and uh, she's like, what's your name? I said, I'm Scott Halstead. She goes, your name sounds really familiar to me. I said, well, ma'am, your, your husband may have talked about me. I had uh, I got a little bit of trouble as a cadet. So then General Bramlett comes over, and he sees me, and he's like, what are you still doing in the Army? You know, it's like, sir, we, you know, the five of us that have soups boards for, uh, for our own, uh, well, shenanigans. shenanigans. Yes, we were tough on the plebes. Um, one of those guys, and I won't mention his name, but he's a two-star general. Uh, another guy is commanding the Fourth Infantry Division, and his and the other guy's a doctor. His son just graduated from West Point. Uh, the other guy commanded a brigade in the eighty-second. The other guy we lost track of, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, General Bramlett looked at me like I cannot believe that you made it. You know, past five years. I'm like, hey, sir. So yeah. there is something to be said for like rule breakers and success. Like there is that, like no, like calculated risk takers. You know, there is certain. There's something to be said for that. I think that 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 therein therein lies maybe a doctoral thesis or something. Looking at yeah. like, comparing hours on the area versus you know, um, success in the army. Like it wasn't Stan McChrystal, a three 
three century man or something i think I he heard. was like he you know eric carilla class 88 commands 18th airborne corps he was a star man and a double century man um oh yeah i mean i think you know there's i mean there's certain things that are you know you, you don't violate the cadet honor code you don't you know you don't screw over a classmate everything else regulations or guidelines and right yeah when you when you get caught you pay the bill and you whatever i mean that yeah so so going back so i'm gonna so in two weeks i've got alex rogers he's coming on to the old grab podcast yep then i'm going away to film on, yeah then i'm going away to um film on for a couple of weeks then in august i intend to shake up the format a little bit here with old grab podcast i want to try to get more reps in with more classmates going to shorten this to 30 minutes try to do the same format that we've been doing with it you know the same kind of arc of the podcast just moving faster and i'll do it during the day i'm gonna do i'm, I'm working around people's schedules let them like log into my uh calendly feed and we're just going to do it if i could do it live on facebook maybe i'll do it it'd be less it'd be less centric about sunday nights but more centric about trying to get every company um represented and anybody that wants to go on to go on it before the before the reunion and then after the reunion, I'll go back to the same format, I think, and continue with this. Um, you may you may have heard Scott. I actually was there was a there was a concept that was in play because AOG knows about the old grab podcast and they love it. Um, but it's kind of unofficial and whatever. They there there was a discussion of having me run something similar for AOG. Um, I helped conceptually design it got it off on its own two feet, but I will not be doing that. I'm going to continue to just do this with our class for as long as there are people interested in doing it, you know, and like, I think it's, um, it's a, it's a unique thing to our class. We're going to keep it unique to our class. And uh, I'm really hoping that this will be something we can support our reunion with and really get our participation rate up with our class gift. Yeah. So, so I'll just quick story on that, Jamie. I went TDY to West Point in the spring of 2014. I was getting ready. I was getting ready to be stationed there. So I went by AOG and enough of our classmates to say, let's see what we can do to honor Bill Hecker. Um, and our association of graduates, I'll just put it nicely. If you, if you, for the right amount of money, they would do something. So I went to the department of English and philosophy where, where Bill had been a, you know, a, a professor and they were all on board. But so I'm, I'm, I'm overjoyed that you know, the, the chair position of the cyber center is named after Bill Hecker. That is the appropriate class gift that that's enduring forever, especially when so many people at West Point name things. You know, there's all kinds of buildings named after, you know, handful of graduates. Uh, th this is the right thing to do. And so I, I, am happy to hear you're not opening this up to all the old grads. Cause I was over at my godfather's house earlier tonight. He's class 68. He's my dad's plebeian roommate. And he's amazing. He's like my second father, but he was talking about, you know, the dynamics of his class. And I think if you open this up, um, it'll lose the intimacy. It'll lose sort of the, the desire of our classmates to learn from each other and, and be a part of this. So I'm, I'm glad you're keeping this within our class. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I can see kind of splintering off and doing some other things also with our class is this healthy leaders cohort, which is very, very powerful. If you don't know about it, look it up, look at this, like this, the, the couple meetings that I've been a part of have been fantastic. I think that what I can envision, and this is, I mean, it's really Tracy's thing, but, you know, I can envision saying, okay, we're going to have a discussion. Anybody that wants to know about like 
you know, elder care issues, you know, here's what, here's, here's a, maybe even bring in like a subject matter expert and say, okay, here's, here's how you help shop for, you know, the right assisted living places for your parents, you know, and, or, or, you know, if you're dealing with a kid who's faced with depression and, and here's how you can help parent through that, like there, here's, here's resources for that. Um, and, and like, you've got this, because you've got the intimacy of classmates and you kind of know each other, there's less of that, but you can be a support system for one another. I mean, that is extremely powerful. Right. And so that, that I can see kind of like being the byproduct and kind of, you know, gaining some momentum. But in the meantime, I'll just continue to, you know, yap for as long as people listen and as long as people sign on, because this, it's been fun. It's a labor of love. I love talking to classmates, many of whom I didn't know at all at school. Right. I mean, it's just, it's a few, I, I knew, I knew you tangentially because we're in the same battalion, but a, a few of the best conversation I've had was with people I didn't know at all. And right. um, I'm just very fortunate to be able to reconnect with people like that and, and make those, you know, make those connections. So, um, so Scott, uh, we're getting to the end of the podcast. And as I have done with many of our classmates, I'm just curious if you have any kind of like final parting thoughts for us about um, the trail, about your journey, your future journey, um, forgiveness, all those kinds yeah. of things. So Jamie, you know, for our classmates listening, you know, I was, I was traveling home to Georgia on Thursday when you, you offered me the opportunity to come back and, and talk about this. So I, I, I'm, I do my best thinking when I'm running on my bike or hiking. And I haven't done a whole lot of that since I got home Thursday. So I, I don't, I'm still working through this. I mean, I, I'm still kind of learning about myself and, and trying to continue to practice gratitude and, and figure out, you know, what this hike meant to me uh, in addition to what I've already said, but, but I, you know, I, I'll, I'll just tell you that I, aside from my family, being a member of the class of 91 is the most important thing in my life. And uh, for all the people I've talked about and, and all the people that you've connected through your podcast and, and through your awareness for our class gift. I don't ever take that for granted. And so I appreciate what you've done to sort of generate enthusiasm for our 30 year reunion. Um, I am so looking forward to seeing everybody you know, at West Point in mid-September uh, to continue these lifelong friendships, to, to renew some friendships of people that's sort of gone off the rails. I know there's a couple people in I2 that uh, are, are looking to come back into the fold a little bit at this reunion. So not Jamie, thank you. I mean, I, I'm between, you know, Scott, Sue and you, I mean, it, you know, it, we need this for all the reasons you mentioned, all the stresses in our life, we need a weekend to lean on each other's shoulders and, and to, to renew those friendships. Cause that'll, that'll sustain us for five more years. And then we'll come back for the 35th reunion and we're like, God, this was, a wonderful, but maybe hard five years. And let's dip back into the well that will sustain and inspire us for the rest of our lives. So no, I'm just, I'm proud to be a member of our class. Well, in the words of, uh, of Holly West, this is our tribe, right? This is, this is a tribe that we're a part of or big tribe. And, and yeah. for those of us that, you know, to your point, you know, you've got, there are a few classmates that are on the fringes, right? Let's, let's reach out to them. Let's get them. I recently, you know what I did? I called just recently, I called Lumen Rowley my ranger buddy from, I hadn't talked to him in 25 years. I said, dude, I just got to call you up and thank you for carrying my ass to ranger school the way that you did. We had a great conversation. We talked for probably 45 minutes. I learned, 
He's got, he's got two, hopefully he'll make our reunion. It's going to be tough. He's got two young kids. His kids are like four or five or something. He's got twin, God bless him. twin girls. Um, it was a challenging pregnancy, challenging, you know, early, early childhood. And so um, there's been a series of operations and other things, but the kids are doing well, but he's a little concerned about traveling. And so if he misses it, it's going to be because of that, but I hope he makes it because I love that guy. Um, but those are the kind of things that we should be doing. Like, by the way, if there's some classmate that you don't have a connection for and you want to reconnect with them, contact me, jamieschleck at gmail.com because I have the master list and I can help make those connections. Um, and um, we're not going to send it out to the whole class for a number of reasons, but, um, but if you have a specific reason to reach out to, to another classmate um, and you want to kind of reconnect with them, please do that. And if you've got people that are sort of like on the fringe, Let's get them in there. Let's get them to our reunion. Let's be there. Let's support each other. Let's let's make this tribe, you know, as as effective as it can be. So, um, everybody, thank you for joining us for the Old Grab Podcast. It has been a pleasure tonight, Scott. Thank you so much for your um, your 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 sense of um, uh, adventure. And getting out there on that trail, and this was this was a great this was a great thing for us. It was, it was we were all connected watching you along the way. It was so great. And I so, could never quit because I knew people were like they're watching now. I'm, I'm yeah, committed. Yeah, but it was awesome. It was awesome. So thank you for doing that. Thank you everybody thank for, you joining for joining us, us on podcast. this edition of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast. Please check back on this Facebook page for information about featured guests and upcoming episodes of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast.